The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Glory to you, Lord. Jesus said to his disciples, You have heard that it was said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But I say to you, offer no resistance to one who is evil. When someone strikes you on your right cheek, turn the other one as well. If anyone wants to go to law with you over your tunic, hand over your cloak as well. Should anyone press you into service for one mile, go for two miles. Give to the one who asks of you, and do not turn your back on one who wants to borrow. You have heard that it was said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, that you may be children of your heavenly Father, for he makes his sun rise on the bad and the good and causes rain to fall on the just and the unjust. For if you love those who love you, what recompense will you have? Do not the tax collectors do the same? And if you greet your brothers only, what is unusual about that? Do not the pagans do the same? So be perfect, just as your heavenly Father is perfect. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise, Praise to the Lord Jesus Christ. Yeah, we spend, uh, of course, a, a lot of time considering Jesus and, and what he means when he speaks in the Gospels. And very often he's using picture language, he's using parables, and the meaning of what he offers is not uh, altogether clear, and it needs a good bit of work, uh, you know, in order to understand or interpret what, what he's offering. And we think sometimes, yeah, just make it, just make it a bit clearer, you know, like, Jesus, I'm, I'm here, I'm, I want to follow you, help me out, you know, let me know what, let me know what I should know, right? And then we turn to the Sermon on the Mount, and especially the, the last little part of Matthew's fifth chapter here, where Jesus makes it abundantly clear what we're supposed to be up to, and we might prefer he didn't. <laughs> right? Love your enemies. Okay? Should I just stand here and say it 5,000 times and then? <laughs> love your enemies. Love it. Yeah, right? What? Now, okay, so he's making himself clear, but of course, there's a context in which we understand what he's offering, because it's not that, sim it's not that simple. Okay, look, okay. I'm not going to take away the demand. You have to love your enemies, okay? It's not going to happen. But we need to understand him in his context, otherwise we won't be able to do what he's commanding. I was trying to think about it this morning, like, okay, well, you know, I'll, we want to, I think, uh, I don't know, as a preacher, I think I, I'm, in, I'm tempted to say, you have to love your enemies. And I think, actually, the gospel, that, can I say, that would be bad news. If you have enemies, I don't know what that's like, but you, you know, if you have, that would be bad news. But the good news is, not we have to love our enemies, but we get to love our enemies. We get to love our enemies, okay? 
no one's convinced, so I'm going to keep preaching. That's, it's not, it's, that's fine. You know, I'm okay. I'm used to this. I'll keep, we'll keep going. We'll, we'll dig in. What's the context? The Sermon on the Mount. Yeah, the, we can see the parallels in Jesus' life and the life of Israel, God's chosen people. They were languishing in Egypt. They ha- didn't have um, the strength to save themselves. Yet they are enslaved by the Pharaoh. And God brings them out of their slavery. He, he, he does great works for them and establishes them as his people by his freeing them from slavery. Then what do we see? We see Mount Sin- the Mount Sinai scenes. Moses going up, bringing down the law and giving. Yeah, We're at, We are at that point in Jesus' own life. Yeah, he, has, he is recapitulating the story of Israel in himself. Yeah, he was baptized. He made his way through the waters of the Red Sea. Right? He went through the Jordan River. But he made his way through, and he went out into the wilderness. He spent 40 years in, in the wilderness. And in this same context, now he's giving the law. So he's giving, he's giving here the law to God's new people, yeah, to his disciples. This is what we hear. Jesus said to his disciples. So those gathered to him on the mount now, he is, to them he is giving the law, the new law. And okay, you have to make the point again, right? Jesus says, you heard that it was said. Where did they hear that it was said? They heard that it was said in the law. But I say to you, so what? He's, he is claiming here the authority of God. In, in what? In the work of establishing his new people to live God's new way. This is the mission statement stuff, right? So here at the, at the relative beginning... That the scream should have come after. At the relative beginning of the homily, I have to say, I have to ask, what is your life about? What is your life about? What's the point? What's the purpose? And and perhaps, you know, we we need some help, I think, imagining, you know, what the full kind of ramifications of that question. What What would a successful life look like? Right? We come to the end of our days. Will we say that we were successful? And what will it mean that we will claim success for ourselves? Yeah, so what is your life about? Why do I, why do I offer it towards the relative beginning of the, of the homily? Is because this is the kind of work that Jesus is doing with his disciples. He is calling these people to himself to be God's renewed people, set about the task of restoring his world, restoring God's world. Right? So God's world has fallen into idolatry and then injustice. Things are not, quote-unquote, as they should be. And God has a plan to bring the world back online and have people live out lives of holiness and justice in his kingdom. Jesus is doing it now in himself and in, people, and, in and through the people that he's gathered to himself. He's making them capable of living that life of holiness and justice to advance the frontier of the kingdom of God, right? To push on, to push on through, to get into all the places where injustice reigns and to bring justice, to get into all the places where love is not and to bring love. But this is, this is instruction and exhortation and the like for Jesus's 
renewed people, the renewed people of God. So they are about that task. What are they doing? They're bringing the kingdom of God to bear. That's the task. They've been called to it. And just like, just like us, we, who, who have been called to it, they are broken people who don't have in themselves the strength to live that way. Don't have it. And the only reason why Jesus can command it is because now that he's on the scene, the people gathered to himself have in him strength to go his way, to live the way of God, to live a way that reflects God's own life of love. Okay, so this is, this is mission statement stuff, right? And in that land where we're saying, okay, we're, we, we have been called to the task and we, have, we are giving ourselves over to the task of building God's kingdom on earth as it is in heaven, right? Now we have to hear with special attention what Jesus is, what Jesus is saying and doing. Remember, I, I've offered, and I, I don't know if I've offered ad nauseum, I haven't actually seen, <laughs> as I've said, I haven't seen people feel physically sick in, in front of me, so I want to repeat ad nauseum, right? The idea that the whole of Christian living is persevering in the life of great and costly love that we have been called to. Living, sorry, you, which part did I miss? Anyone? See, it's, I haven't done it ad nauseum. It's not in your, hasn't gone down deep yet, yeah? I didn't say by faith. I left out like the most important thing, right? We have to persevere by faith in the life of great and costly love that we've been called to. Yeah, that's, that's our mission. That's your mission as a follower of Jesus. Persevering by faith, by faith in Jesus, trusting and following him, persevering by faith in the life of great and costly love we've been called to. I know, right? I haven't really touched the passage yet. It's, gonna, it's long. It's going to be long, okay? I know. My, yeah, okay. I won't pick on you. Okay. You have heard that it was said, an eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth. We have to go through it. An eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth. And sometimes when we hear that, we go, ah, oh, you know, that's, that's violent stuff, isn't it? Eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth. No, it's not. The lex talionis, the, right, the law of retaliation that, that, is com that is conveyed to God's people through Moses, he's, he says, an eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth. Why does he say that? It's a matter of curtailing injustice or curtailing violence, making sure that it doesn't run unchecked. Because if you take an eye from me, I want at least an eye from you. I want an eye from you, I want an eye from your kids, I want an eye from your grandkids, right? Or I want both of your eyes. I'll blind you completely, right? This is, this is unredeemed man left unchecked, whatever. So, Already, we're look, we're, we have to put ourselves on the right side of the equation there and say the lex talionis, right, the law of retaliation, is to say we're going to curtail, curtail violence or God is going to give his people a firewall so that their, their inner passions, their inner, their inner passion for justice, which is anger, doesn't run unchecked. But Jesus says more. It's not enough. Simply, now think of it, right? How, how much of our law... And I'm not arguing about this, right? I'm just saying how much of our law rests on actually the lex talionis. You know, someone takes an eye, he has to repay an eye in some form or fashion, right? This is like systems of justice are built on this. Can I say all well and good? Let them run, but not God's chosen people. 
more is demanded of you. More is demanded of you. It's not enough to pursue justice. Even rightful justice, that's what that is. It's not that bad, but it's not good enough for you. Offer no resistance to one who is evil. Can you do it? Yeah, no, I don't think you can do it. I mean, this is... <laughs> yeah, I'm at the, suck the air out of the room. I, did Jesus do it? Now, he goes the way of self-giving love. Again, right? So... This is mission statement stuff. We're persevering by faith in the life of great and costly love we've been called to. We can't do it of our own strength. But this is what it is in practical detail. Let me offer a word, okay? You might now be thinking of someone with whom you have recurring issues, and we might say something like, you're in an abusive relationship. Yeah? I'm not looking at anyone, okay, when I say this stuff. But let, let me offer this, okay? If, you, if you're in this position, please see me because we'll work through it together. I'm not leaving you, I'm not leaving you in the dust here. You know what I mean? Like, you, you have a real challenge. You're in over your head. You're trying to do this thing, and it's just not... You're not making any progress. Okay, we will, we'll do it together. Yeah? So I don't, I'm, and, I'm, and I'm not here sanctioning abusive relationships. Uh, but I realize that I'm potentially giving fodder to people who are abusers when I say that. Oh, you should love me. Yeah? Doesn't your faith say that you should love me? If, if that even echoes in, in your head, please come and see me. Okay? We, go, we will work through it together. Jesus is going to show us now why, why, this is, why this is not the case. But I want you to know that I'm not leaving you in the dust. And we're not leaving you behind. We are called to this way of life. But sometimes we need very specific ap application. Do you know? Or we'll go really far astray. Okay? So here, Jesus. When someone strikes, I want to run through it, quote, unquote, quickly. Okay, yes. Okay, so... <laughs> when someone strikes you on your right cheek, turn the other one as well. If they strike you on your, on your right cheek in, in a culture that only allows someone to strike with the right hand, being struck on your right cheek means you're hit with the back of the hand. That's how you, that is how you strike someone who is inferior to you. Yeah? So what does Jesus say? Someone's go, if someone's going to treat you as an inferior, turn your cheek and let them treat you like an equal. Yeah? It's not, now it's not an analogy. It's actually the real thing. Yeah? And there's something that that does, that creative engagement that is animated and sustained, can only be, create, can only be animated and sustained by the love of God. That action starts to uh, unravel and peel apart the aggression of the other. Yeah? What, what is a way to, you know, some, someone hits you on, with the back of the hand? And you're going to what? You're going to complain about it. You're going to whine about it. You're going to say it's unfair. You're going to get angry. You're going to push back. You're going to... What's that going to do? Probably nothing. 
We're not in the realm of pragmatics here, right? But it's probably going to do nothing. But, have it, but shaming someone into thinking, into thinking of you as an equal is in fact better than the rest of the alternatives. Now, this is, you're recognizing that this is not simple passivity. And Jesus is not giving voice to a pacifism. This is creative engagement. And what sustains that, yeah, I said is love of God, but it's also love of the person in front of you. You cannot habitually allow someone to mistreat you. Why? Not because of you, because of them. So what does love demand in a situation where you are being put down and held down? It's that you would endeavor to have that person see you as an equal and not do that because it's not good for them to mistreat you. We can only sustain that with love. We can, we can fight back against injustice all we want. If it's not animated by love, we're not going to persevere. We're simply not. And if we do persevere, very often we're disfiguring ourselves along the way, which as God's renewed people, we cannot have happen. Because if we're not, again, renewed, or if we're disfigured ourselves, we cannot be agents of his kingdom. Okay? I said, I put quotes on the quick thing. Okay, so. <laughs> if so, okay. Oh, you're not laughing. This is funny. This is funny stuff, actually. I, look, I can't, look, I know I can't carry it, okay? But this is funny stuff. If someone wants to go to law with you over your tunic, hand over your cloak as well. How many, how many articles of clothing did they have then? Two. Two. And there was, there was some suggestion in the law that you cannot keep a man's cloak because he needs it to sleep in. He needs shelter. He needs the warmth of his, of his cloak. So he's going after your tunic because he can't take your cloak. You don't have anything. He's probably got a lot. He's coming after you to take what you have, all that he can take by rights. And what are you going to do? You're going to fight back and say, oh, it's not fair. I'm going to whine. I'm going to complain. Or I'm going to act out, I'm going to, I'm going to lash out, whatever. No, what you're going to do is just give them everything you have. And you're left naked. That's pretty funny. <laughs> I mean, I don't, okay, I understand. It's also not very funny. But it's, but it is pretty funny. Because this is a, like, it's a law, it's a, a courtroom scene. You know, here, okay, fine, take it. And take this as well. What are you going to do? Yeah, and what does it mean? It means that the person, your quote-unquote enemy, the person opposing you, is shamed into seeing your humanity. Right? It does something beyond what our natural reactions to, to injustice do. Should anyone press you in a service for a mile, go for two miles. As a, as a people who are uh, occupied, right? Do you have, they have Roman soldiers all around. They can press them into service for a mile, right? A soldier can come along and pick anyone out and say, carry my stuff for, we're going to go. Go for a mile. What are you going to do? You can't do anything about it. You're going to complain, right? You're going to whine, you're going to lash out. No, you're going to be eager to carry his stuff. Oh, this is all you have? This is all you have? This is pretty light, actually. Let's go, come on. Let's go, hurry up. We can go faster than this. Oh, one mile? I do. Uh, come on. I can do a mile in my sleep. Let me go two. Also, 
right? The concern of the soldier who has legally pressed you into service starts to be inflamed by the fact that you've now gone beyond what he can demand of you. He's uncomfortable. If he's caught, he's in a lot of trouble. But doesn't, that doesn't matter to you. Let's go. Come on. It's a happy day I get to carry a centurion's armor. You know, let's go. This is great. I love helping people. You know? there's, a, there's a creative engagement here, right? This is, again, it's not pacifism. It's not being treated like a, like a doormat. It's, it's our imagining with Jesus and the power that he breathes into us, imagining how we can bring his love to life in very difficult situations. Why? Because our life is about that we've been called to. Like I said, to simply turn up the heat on the moral demands, this would be bad news for us. But it's not good news, but it's not bad news. It's good news because look, who is it who turned his cheek when he was struck? Who is it who went to his death naked? We need to make more naked crucifixes, but that's a different thing, yeah? Who went to his death naked? It's Jesus. Who is it who carried the instrument of torture that he was going to be crucified on his back all the way outside the city? Jesus did. He's done it. He has, he has achieved the victory of self-giving love. He's achieved that victory over death. There's nothing at all that can prevent us from doing it, unless we allow it. Unless we allow it to be. So yes, he says here, you know, I say the best till last. I say to you, love your enemies. Love your enemies. Because you are a people of great and costly love. You cannot let anything at all distract you. And what's the toughest thing that love, that love can do besides listening to my homily? Now, what's the toughest thing that love can do? Forgive. Persevere in the face of hatred and being despised and being attacked and all the rest. Is that going to change you? Again, if it were up to us and our strength, it would change us. It would. But it doesn't have to. And that's the good news, right? As people, as people called by God into his service to bring order back to his world, justice is not enough. We have to go beyond. We have to go beyond in charity. We have to go beyond in mercy. My friends, the good news is that the charity that, that we seek to animate, the, the love that we seek to make flesh, is being poured out to us. Jesus is pouring himself out for us. And it's ours then to receive the great mercy, the great love of God. And we'll carry it wherever he wants us to go. Even if that means right into the teeth of opposition. We'll do it. We'll do it. We'll do it because he's at work here. He's at work deep in us. He's renewing us, renewing us, renewing us. He's never going to give up. 
no matter how many times we fail. I fail about a thousand times a day, right? He's not giving up. He's going to make it happen. And if we, keep our, if we keep our hearts and our minds trained on him, and if we stay focused on the task of living the life of great and costly love by faith, then he's going to make it happen. And then at the end of the day, my friends, and at the end of the day, every day, this day, and every day as well, we will be able to say that our lives have been a success because we've brought his love to life with everything we've got.